Good evening, everybody, and welcome to tonight's class titled Reciprocating Love, Part 1. Tonight, we're going to begin Chapter 46 of Tanya. Tonight is Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, beginning of the month of Tammuz. The beginning of Parshish Korach, an incredibly fascinating story of, of a man who wanted to be a leader and created a rebellion, and how the Torah shares what happened. And we're living in special times, so everything's coming together. Currently, Tanya is on this path to show us many methods of coming to love Hashem. We began talking about a love. We were thinking about the greatness of Hashem. We spoke about a love that comes from looking at Hashem, from loving yourself. Hashem is you. We spoke about a love that one has for parents. But today we're going to learn about a reciprocating love. Kamayim haponim leponim adam When you look in water, you see the exact reflection of how you look. Every single minute detail is reflected in the water. And the way you look at someone else will affect them to look at you the same. I'll, tell, I'll give you an example from the, from the reality on the ground from today, from, from the current situation of COVID. Last Monday, I was joined with more than a thousand heads of school or principals from across the country for a talk about the mental health of staff and students this coming year, preparing for the mental health, well-being of staff and students. And one of the messages that they were teaching is that as a leader, people are going to look at you. And, your fi and the way you feel will mirror in your staff and your students. Literally what we're learning here. People, when you have a certain feeling towards someone that has a natural method of reciprocity, that that person will feel the same. If you love someone, automatically that will create a love that they will have back to you. Anyone here willing to give uh, some thought about this point? Anyone willing to kind of share, share their understanding in, in this idea? Mark, David, anyone? What, how do you understand this idea of your feelings will be reflected back to you? Mark, you agree with this? 
Uh, let me find my... Oh, I'm off mute. <clears throat> so, I was walking on the beach this morning by myself with my dog. And I was having these um, reflections, almost like um, meditation. And um, so, yes, I do agree with you. I think that we have to take the time to be able to hear it. But, yeah, I agree. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Now, this is the way it is by two people of the same stature. People that respect one another or they don't respect one another. Because the lack of respect will also be reflected back. But two people on the same level, if there's a love one to the other, they'll feel that love. How much more so? Look at this picture I'm going to show you right here. This is kind of my picture that I drew. I didn't draw. More of like how I, how I understood it. Imagine... Again, if you don't like my pictures, blame it on me fully. This is completely just my understanding. Imagine you have this king on the left-hand side. And as you see, he's a ruler of many continents. He's a ruler of Africa, Asia, Australia. And one day he's walking near the garbage dump. And he sees this despicable looking person, this disgusting, filthy. And the king takes this filthy, disgusting person and he puts him in his carriage, as you see here, brings him back to the palace. He gives him a shower, a bath, and he hugs him and he kisses him. think that the man will have some love for the king? If you guys know how to give us a thumbs up in on Zoom, but give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. This man, this lowly man who the king has taken from the garbage dump and literally brought him back to the palace, hugged him and There'll be a natural, incredible love that that person has. And Tanya's going to share this same love that this low person has is, should be the love that we have to Hashem. Hashem took us, low people. He cleaned us. He brought us into his palace. He hugged us and kissed us. Let's see this inside. Any questions before we take it inside? Okay, let's let's jump in. There is yet another good way for a man, which is suitable for all, and truly karayvelecha, very close indeed. So there's a path that's very close to everyone to arouse and kindle the light of the love that is implanted and concealed in his heart. We have the ability to easily, very exceedingly close to us, 
to reveal the love that is within us, that it may shine forth with its intense light like a burning fire in the consciousness of the heart and mind. Wow, okay, so this is simple stuff. Two plus two is four. It's gonna be easy with this method to reveal our natural love for Hashem. And that not only will we reveal the love, it's gonna be revealed like a burning fire. Not only will the love be like a burning fire, it's gonna be in the consciousness, it's gonna be in the forefront of the, our heart and mind. To be able to surrender his soul to God, together with his body and material possession. I'm willing to give up everything for Hashem. With all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might from the depth of the heart. So this love is going to accomplish that from deep down you're going to, just, you're going to be on fire in absolute truth. So at all times You'll be loving Hashem. And this love is especially expressed at the time of the recital of the Shema and its blessings, as will be explained. You know, I, when I was um, a yeshiva buffer, I had the opportunity for two years to learn in Melbourne, Australia, to be a mentor to students in, in Melbourne, Australia. One Shabbos, I had the opportunity to go and visit a show called Spirits Grow. Spirits Grow is a show run by Rabbi Label Wolf. Rabbi Label Wolf, he's a big Kabbalist. And I'll never forget that Shabbos because I walk into show, and normally davening is quiet. But this Shabbos, they had made it interactive. And the rabbi at the time was describing what is happening throughout davening. So we get to the blessings of the Shema, and he starts talking about, he starts describing how you have these angels in heaven, and you have this, this chariot with this four sides, and there's different angels. Some of them look like wheels, and some of them have only one foot. And they're all singing to Hashem. The angels that are higher, they say, holy, holy, holy the angels that are lower, they say, blessed is he from his place. He, he made this majestic um, picture. And we're going to learn over the next few chapters what is so special about the blessings of the Shema and the Shema itself. And I want to leave you with a question before we continue on. What was he doing? Was he describing them? Question that I I'll leave you with a question on this topic. When you want to introduce a speaker, you generally you're going to introduce them by their name. That would be the smartest thing. The smartest thing would be to introduce the correct person. So for example, if you're going to introduce Warbasha, you'll say, I'd like to welcome Warbasha to the stage. It wouldn't be so smart to introduce Mark Berkovich or David Aiken to the stage. That would be a little confusing to people. And they probably would be a little disappointed that they thought the one person is coming and someone else comes. Before we say a blessing, we 
generally we say, blessed are you, Hashem, who created Hamotzi Lechem and who brings us bread from the ground. Well, when do we say that? Now we're going to eat a tomato and we're going to eat bread. When do we, when do we thank Hashem for the blessing of putting on tefillin? Not before we light Shabbos candles. Before we put on tefillin. However, the blessings before Shema, don't talk about blessed Hashem who gave me the ability to say Shema. We start talking about angels. And I mean, how does this connect with the Shema? It appears that the blessings of the Shema, the introduction to Shema is no connection to Shema. And actually the question is going to give us big insight as we go further. I feel like I'm talking for too long. Any, any, any questions, comments? Okay. Let's continue. Rebbe? How do we get to this reciprocating love? How are we able to come and have this love of Hashem automatically just burst forth in a fiery way from us? So this way is to take to heart the meaning of the verse, as in water, your face answers the face, so does the heart of man to man, with the heart of one person is automatically gonna be reflected by the heart of the second. Kill them with love. Someone's gonna bother you, there's an expression, you could kill them with love. Your love will automatically make that person reciprocate back with love. This means that in the case of the likeness and features of the face which a man presents to the water, the same identical face is reflected back to him from the water. If you go to a lake and you see your face there, Dr. Malov looks in the lake, he will not see Maisha Mendel. Maisha Mendel, no matter what you do, you can put video cameras there, he will not See, Dr. Malov will not see your reflection. And, and, and Dr. Malov, I'm sorry to tell you that if Moshe Mendel puts his face in the river, he will not see Dr. Malov's face either reflected back. He will not. There's one exception, by the way, to the rule that I do know of. There's a famous story of the Baal Shem Tov, where someone once came to his, a general came to his home and actually was able to look through the mirror and see his house. But that's not your normal story. Generally, when you look in a mirror, when you look in water, you're going to see the same exact reflection. So indeed is also the heart of man who is loyal in his affection for another person. For this love awakens a loving response for him in the heart of his friend also. Cementing their mutual love and loyalty for each other, especially as each sees his friend's love for him. This is a natural phenomenon. Reciprocating love. This is what Chabad emissaries are here to do. We're here to just express love to all. And hopefully that should be reciprocated back. We'll be able to make the world a better place. That's your mission. That's the mitzvah of the Ahasuerachakamaycha. Love your fellow as yourself. So this idea, this point, 
how when you love someone, it's automatically going to be kicked back. This such is a common nature in the character of every man, even when they're when they are equal in status. So if you have two similar people, and one of them loves the second, naturally the second will come to love the first. It's a natural love, a natural reciprocating love. How much more so when a great and mighty king shows his great and intense love for a commoner. How much more so when a great and mighty king shows his great and intense love for a commoner who is despised and lowly among men, a disgraceful creature cast on the dunghill. This is like the low of low. Yet he, the king, comes down to him from the palace, from the place of his glory, together with his, his entire group of people that travels with him, the king stops everything and raises him, raises this person up, exalts him from his dunghill and brings him into his palace, the royal palace. Okay, so he's taken the slow person. The king has brought this person into his palace. Not only has he brought him into his palace, he doesn't only bring him into the White House, Within the White House, he brings him in the innermost chamber. Is there a name for the residence of the president within the White House? Is, is, is there a name for that section of the White House? Where the president lives? So he, he takes, the king takes this man, he brings him to the palace. In the palace, he brings him to the innermost chamber, to his personal residence a place that not even the servants or ministers ever enter. And there the king takes a slowly person from the dunghill and shares with him the closest companionship with embraces and kisses and spiritual attachment with all heart and soul. So it's not only is it a, a physical embrace and kiss, but it's something that is, it's, it's an emotional, it's a spiritual attachment. So if your common person will have this love because someone expressed it to them automatically, they'll have that, reciproca that reciprocating love. How much more will of itself be aroused a double and redoubled love in the heart of this most common and humble individual for the person of the king? The king himself. Not only did he give me a minute, he's put everything aside and he's connected with me on the highest level with a true attachment, a spirit, heart, and soul. So this commoner is going to love the king with infinite heartfelt sincerity. This is extremely, extremely powerful. 
I want to share two thoughts on this point. How if we're going to express love to someone in any way, the incredible effect just that the attention could have. And here we're talking about not only is Hashem giving us a moment of attention, He's giving us unlimited attention, but even just that moment of attention, two thoughts. Thought number one is, when the whole virtual learning started over the last few months, so recently we've gotten a study, an incredible study, that up to 10% of students did better. For whatever reason, the ability for them to learn by computer, there's a percentage of students across the, the world that have done better. Unfortunately, the percentage that didn't learn anything is also quite high. It's up to about 20 to 30 percent. That it just, it was a failure across the, across the globe. However, the conversation was had, what about kids that can't, it's just not working for them. And one of the points that was shared was that if a father or mother will spend even only a half hour a day focused on the kid with no other distraction, that those 30 minutes could have a greater effect than the entire school day during this time. If you have the ability to focus for 30 minutes on your child, that could have an incredible, incredible effect on them. So again, it's not about giving them all the time. It's about that focus, point A. Point B I want to share is there was a student and just yesterday I heard the account firsthand, firsthand meaning the video of this man sharing the story. But I saw a video of him. It was a man who was doing terrible in school. His teachers, he, he just, he wasn't listening. He was chutzpahdik. He was disrespectful to his parents, to his teachers. He was always getting in trouble. In the principal's office, David, maybe you spent many a time with him. Sounds familiar. And uh, his parents took him to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe asked the boy three questions. He asked the boy, and I may be getting the three questions incorrect, but they were something to the extent of, are you, are you listening at school? No. Do you like school? No. Do you listen to your talk to your father and mother? No. Three questions, three answers. So the man says that he was a young boy, about 10. He had, he had been to so many people. And he was ready for all this. Oh, no. You know, he was ready for all the tough questions people are going to ask him. And the, now they'll tell him off. He says, the Rebbe turned to his mother with a big smile. And the, the Rebbe says, ah, he only says the truth. He's going to be okay. What happened to that moment? The Rebbe found something positive within, which unfortunately this child hadn't had. And he shares that that completely changed him. This moment, it was a moment in time, a singular moment in time but where someone was able to focus on him and find something good with him and all of his teachers and administration was just, his parents had sort of say given up on him. 
that moment in time when someone was able to find something truly good within ah, he only says the truth, he's going to be okay, that changed him around. And he, he did become okay. He, got, he decided he's going to invest in his education. So if the king is going to come to you and he's going to give you attention, not any attention. The king is not just having coffee with you at Starbucks. And he's not only inviting you for a vacation, he's inviting you to move in. Not only is he inviting you to move in, but the king loves you. That's going to affect the big reciprocating love back from you to him. And Katanya continues. And even if his heart be like a heart of stone, you could be the coldest person. Sorry, I'm trying to highlight this. You could be the coldest person out there. And it's gonna, you're going to melt and become like water with a longing for the love of the king. There's only so, there's only so much a stone could withhandle, could, with, could, could hold and not melt. With such a love, you can't, you can't, the stone is not going to stay there. It's going to melt and you're going to long for the king. My Shemendel, could I challenge you to make a quick recap about this idea of the reciprocating love we've learned so far? <laughs> you can ask. I can't hear you. I said you can ask. <clears throat> um, if, 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 man, if man can tender as well. I can't really hear you well. Is it my internet? I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm short of yelling at um, it. Mark, do you mind giving us a recap on, on how you're understanding what we're learning here? Well, I was looking forward to Michael's recap. Thank you, Mark. You so, may, I yield my time to you. <laughs> so it's, it's, um, so the, 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 the reflection of ourselves and that if the king gave us his attention, what would that reflection look like? And that if I'm one of his people, he's going to love me regardless. But again, this is, I think this is more about us than it is about the king. True, true, true. Maisha Mandel, I'm sorry. Could you, try, could, could you share something, Maisha Mandel? No, I was just... Oh, now I hear you. Okay, it was my issue. I'm sorry. I took care of it. I apologize. Yeah, and please don't ask me to repeat what I said because that brilliance just comes in a heartbeat. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> okay. Any questions before we move on? David, any questions? No. I'm going to make one observation. The... Um, um, at the beginning of the lecture, you commented about the Kabbalist at the shul that you went to see. Well, what he was describing was that uh, the king was in his Merkava. Exactly. That, that is correct. That, that was the description he was giving. Thank you. 
now Tanya's going to continue that exactly the same way. To every single detail of this king, the loved, the low and despicable per person, and brought him into his palace, into his private chambers, and hugged and kissed him. This is the story of Asaph. And again, I'm just going to show you my understanding, and I will not be upset if you don't if you don't appreciate it. So here is how I, just my, my understanding. We have some pictures. Hashem, if we're starting on the left, Hashem created a world. And our world, we're, we're, we're at the end of the world. We're, we're at the fourth world, the lowest world, the physical world. Not only are we the lowest of creation? But when we, when we were in Egypt, it says we were in the lowest place within this world. Ervas Aret. Egypt was the lowest imaginal level of impurity that exists. Wow. Do you, do you remember learning that if we would have stayed in Egypt one more minute, we would have been sunken too deep into impurity? We couldn't have left? Hashem created this master world. And the lowest of low were the Jewish people at the time of the Exodus. And what comes along Hashem and Hashem himself. We say in, this, in the Haggadah, Hashem himself took us out of Egypt. Thank you, Hashem. Hashem gives us the Torah. And in the Torah, Hashem unites with us in a manner of hugs and kisses on the deepest level possible. The deepest connection you could share, deeper than a connection that humans could share, deeper than the connection of a father and, and, a, and a parent and children or of a husband and wife, is the connection that a Jew could have to Hashem through Torah study. So how much more should we love Hashem? Hashem put aside everything. And he went and took us from the lowest of low to the highest of highs. Well, I think if Hashem loves us so much, that better arouse a reciprocating love within us. Hashem! Okay, okay, enough screaming. Let's see this inside. Rebbe? In a manner corresponding. In every detail to the said figure and image, but to an infinitely greater degree. If we thought the example of the king previously, who took the man from the dunghill, was a good example that the man should love, should love the king. <laughs> Infinitely greater degree is a story there in every detail that Hashem, our God, has dealt with us. Why? For his greatness is beyond comprehension. So we can never understand how great Hashem is. 
And Hashem pervades all words, world and transcends all worlds. Hashem is within the world. He's higher than the world. And the Holy Zohar tells us, and also our master of Isaac Luria, the Arizal of blessed memory, it is known of the infinite multitude of Hechalos and worlds. So there's an infinite amount of worlds. Yeah, we generally learn there's four worlds. And actually in chapter 47, we'll learn... I apologize. In chapter 49, I believe. In chapter 49, we'll learn how in each world there's an infinite amount of worlds and details. So there's billions of worlds and billions of chambers in each world. And there's billions of angels and of the countless myriads of angels in each world in Heichal. So every world and every chamber in the world has infinite amounts of angels. How many infinites are we talking so far? So the Gemara tells us, it is written, Hayesh Misparli Geduda. Is there any numbering of his hosts? So in one place, the Gemara tells us we can't count how many angels there are. Yet in another place, it says that there's a thousand thousands ministers unto him. And ten thousand times, ten thousand stand before him. So there's millions, there's billions, there's billions of angels. So in one place it says there's no counting. In another place it says, hey, we got a number of how many angels are out before Hashem. And the Gemara explains it's not a contradiction, the discrepancy is explained by the answer. A thousand, thousands. Oh, touch your guys' knob. What's one thousand times? What's a thousand, thousand? Well, uh, that would be uh, eight, eight zeros would be a billion. I, um, could someone say it again? I think it was my computer. What's a thousand thousands? Well, that would be eight zeros, which would be a billion, surely. Thousand thousands is a... Perhaps one million. million. So, thousand to the fourth. One million. Yes, beautiful. One million. Thank you, Gershon. And to all those that shouted it out, I appreciate it. So when we learn that there's one million angels, that's talking about the quota of one troop. But Hashem's troops are innumerable. Yeah, so every troop that Hashem has has one million angels. But we have no clue how many troops there are. They're innumerable. Okay, so Hashem has created this master world And Hashem is higher than anything. He has an infinite amount of angels. Yet, before him, all of them are counted as nothing at all. So even though Hashem has billions and trillions of angels, they're all nothing. And are all nullified in their very existence. Just as one word is truly nullified in relation to the essence and being of the articulate soul, while the utterance is still held in its faculty of thought, or in the will and the desire of the heart as has been explained above our life. 
Hashem has all these angels and they're all like nothing before Hashem. And you know what all the angels ask? All these infinite amount of angels are saying, all these angels ask, where's Hashem? Where's the place of glory? What do they answer? And the answer, the whole earth is full of his glory. That is his people, Israel. Holy one, blessed be he, forsakes the higher and lower creatures, choosing none of them. But Israel is people. So let's stop here, summarize, and take questions. Another way for us to come to love Hashem, it's equal for everybody. Everybody could have could attain this love. And it will bring out a fiery love from us to Hashem. Is a reciprocating love, thinking about how much Hashem loves us. Just like a king, a love, an incredible king who takes this little man and brings him into his palace and hugs him and kisses him, and that man automatically will have a reciprocating love back to the king. Similar Hashem. Hashem is, transcends the whole world, greater than the whole world. And there's an infinite amount of angels, and yet Hashem puts everything aside for you. That should arouse within you a reciprocating love. Are there any questions? So, what purpose? What exact purpose do the do the angels serve if they're not? One second, I. I... Can you hear me? 